1: Thank you for listening in. God loves us. He takes care of us, sustains us, and strengthens us through all of life's circumstances. And what must we do? Worship Him. Trust Him. Obey Him. Serve Him. We receive the benefits of God's grace and mercy even when we fall. Therefore, we must not forget to whom we belong and to whom we owe all honor, glory, and praise. As Pastor Rander challenges us to remember the Lord our God... Have your Bible pen and paper handy as you will want to take notes.
2: How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Listen, it's a dangerous thing to play with God's forgiveness. It is a dangerous thing to play with the mercy of God. Believers take advantage of God by sinning while anticipating, well, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to repent. Listen, God, know, God knows your heart. God is an all-knowing God. I mean, he, he's omniscient. I'm the science. He knows everything. He knows when you play games. How are you going to trick God with your little puny self? You finite. He's infinite. You can't, you can't even measure that. Yeah, that yeah, your brain can't even compute. Be real with God. Be authentic with God. Don't say, oh, I, I got to give in. I got to give in. The Lord understand. No, he doesn't. He doesn't understand you laying with somebody that's not your wife, not your husband. Oh, he understands. Uh, that's what the blood is for. You know, you, you're in for a bloody whooping. <laughs> he chastens those he loves. And if he's not chastening you, you really none of his to begin with. Number six, we are negligent of God's love by possessing a spirit of ingratitude when we have so much for which to be thankful. We are negligent of God's love by possessing a spirit of ingratitude when we have so much for which to be thankful. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, ingratitude is a dangerous sin. It's grievous in the sight of God. And you're negligent with the love of God when you don't return thanks to him for all his benefits toward you. Listen, the older you get in Christ, the more thankful you ought to be. I mean, you'll be thanking God more in this season of your life than you did 10 years ago. That's right. Matter of fact, you ought to be shouting. Matter of fact, I like when you you ought to just think yourself happy. You ought not have bought. The, the organ music ought to not have to get your gratitude going. That's right. You don't need the drums to get your gratitude going. That's right. You don't, you don't need these add-ons. You don't need a microphone to get your gratitude on. You can just sit in the presence of God or lay on your bed or sit in the chair and think of God's goodness to you. That's that shouting news right there. Your mouth hadn't moved. You start thinking and you start shouting. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? I'm talking about thinking of who God is and what he's done for you and to you should motivate you to be more grateful to Jesus. And then number seven, we are negligent of God's love when we are recipients of forgiveness and refuse to extend that same forgiveness toward others. That's a big one. We are negligent of God's love when we are recipients. All of us in here, we are recipients of God's forgiveness. I mean, truth be told, we all should be wiped out. All of us deserve hell. And and the reason we are not going to hell is because of the grace of God. We are negligent of God's love when we are recipients of forgiveness and refuse to extend that same forgiveness toward others. Colossians 3.13 says bearing with one another and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, just as He forgive you, you dispense that same forgiveness to others. So you also must forgive—not should. That's emphatic. Must forgive. Say must. You say you don't know what he done to me. You don't know what she done to me. The betrayal. I'm still mad forty years later. It's because you haven't let go. Why are you killing yourself? Let's look at verses 9 through 10, love revealed by God. Verses 9 through 10, love revealed by God. The scripture says, by this, the love of God was revealed in us that God has sent his one, his His only uh, son into the world so that we may live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation of our sins. In verse 9, God revealed, look at this, God revealed his love to lost humanity by sending his one and only son into the world as a sacrifice to take away our sins so that we might have eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 10, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross satisfied the righteous demand of a holy and just God. It satisfied the wrath of God that we should have had against us. Jesus took the hit on Calvary. This word, propitiation, say propitiation. It means appeasement. It means appeasement, or it means satisfaction. In other words, uh, the sacrifice of Christ was sufficient to pay the penalty For all the sins of all whom God brings to faith, the blood of God's only son covered our sins and set us free from the guilt and penalty of sin. Thank God for the doctrine of propitiation. It's satisfied. When God sees us, he sees the blood. When we pleaded the blood over our sins and he does not hold those sins against us because of the atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verses 11 and 12, love revealed to one another. Love revealed to one another. Verses 11 and 12, which says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. Stop saying, oh, I saw God. No, you just too many pork chops. (laughs) If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. Since God gave us the greatest demonstration of sacrificial love by giving us his one and only son to die on a cross in our place, we should emulate that same love toward one another, which indicates that his love has been perfected in us. Uh, Beloved, this gives evidence of our maturity, perfected in Christ, maturity in Christ, brought to completion in Christ. Our salvation is complete. We don't have to add anything to it, take anything from it. We don't have to have a second blessing. We don't need all of that. Salvation stands for what it is through the atoning work of Calvary. How do we demonstrate true love from above? How do we demonstrate true love from above? So you're talking about this lovey-dovey talk and you're not demonstrating little to none of it. How do we demonstrate true love from above? Number one, we must ask God to cultivate within each of us a loving heart. This is how you demonstrate true love from above. We must ask God to cultivate within each of us a loving heart. Now, some of you are just so mean as you can be. Some of you are mean to your wife. You talk uh, loud, you're aggressive. Some wives to husbands, some husbands to wives. Look how quiet it is now. Can I get amen in here? Amen. It's getting kind of icy now. Some children treat their parents. Mean. And some parents are mean to their children. Some grandchildren don't even want to be around their grandparents. They run away. If you're going to demonstrate true love from above, you must have or possess a loving heart. You must love seniors, love young adults, love little children. Those little children know when you don't like them. That little baby rather see me, but he was just smiling and reaching out at me. You got a bad spirit. Those kids won't come around you either. And a bad spirit is a bad thing to possess because you drive folk away and then you're mad because folk won't speak to you. But the truth is, they don't know what to do with you when they come into your presence. Number two, we cannot demonstrate genuine love until we first strip ourselves of anything that prohibits the love of God from being displayed in our lives. We cannot demonstrate genuine love until we strip, say strip, strip ourselves of anything that prohibits the love of God from being displayed in our lives, such as pride. We need to strip it. Bitterness. We need to be stripped of that. We need to ask God to strip us of jealousy and strip us of an angry spirit. I've never seen so much anger in the lives of believers and people alike. Be careful how you blow your horn at people. It may be your last day on earth. Such anger, such rage from children, such aggression, uh, strip away gossip and racial prejudice. Racial prejudice has no place in the Lord's church. If you have a pr- problem with races, with the different races and ethnicities, then you don't want to go to heaven. Look how quiet it is. You think it's going to be all black folk in heaven? White folk in heaven, brown folk. They're going to be of every race, every tribe, every ethnicity. And by the way, if you got a problem with other races, don't go to hell either. There's a whole bunch of They all down there too. So you might as well start to work together now, together. Love folk for who they are. We are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of almighty God. When we are cut or bruised, we all bleed red. This church is not black, white, or brown, it's red. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. We need to be stripped of a competitive spirit. We need to be stripped of self-centeredness. Only then can we display true love from above. Number three, we demonstrate true love through our care for others. We demonstrate true love from above Through our care for others, people do not care how much you know until they believe you really love them through your attitude and good deeds. People do not care how much you know until they believe you really love them through your attitude and good deeds. Love is not only what you say, it is what you do. Love is an action word. Fourthly, we demonstrate true love when our lives reflect the visible expression of God's love in our countenance. We demonstrate true love when our lives reflect the visible expression of God's love in our countenance. They can see the love of God in your countenance. They can see the love of God in your attitude. They can see the love of God in your sensitivity. They can see the love of God in how you speak toward others Mark your
1: calendars for Sunday, October 17th at 10 a.m. Join us at Maranatha Bible Church as we honor all medical professionals during our medical professionals appreciation worship celebration. Come and worship with us as we recognize, encourage, and honor these selfless individuals who give of themselves and beyond the call of duty to those in need, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic.
2: The love that God revealed toward us must be demonstrated to one another. A picture of what God is like must be put on display in us because no one has seen God. No one has seen God. One day we will. One day we shall. Exodus 33:20 says, but he said, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. The Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 18b says, no one has seen God at any time. The invisible God reveals himself today through. How does he reveal himself today? Somebody say, I, 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 I saw God. I say, no, you didn't. You didn't see God. No, you thought you saw God. You didn't see God. I don't know what you saw, but you didn't see God. You didn't see God. How does God reveal himself today? God reveals himself through the word of God. You want to see God? Look into his word. Read his word, glean from his word. Uh, The word of God reveals God. The spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God reveals God. The son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ reveals God. And we see God at work through the lives of believers when we follow the precepts and commandment of our holy and just God. What draws others to Christ is to put a full expression of God's love on display in the midst of a world that's filled with deception. We put our love for God on display as we live in a world that's filled with lies and confusion and hate and hostility, evil and corruption. The church must be the greatest demonstration of love on earth. Now, I don't, I don't want that to get by you. I say it again. The church must be the greatest demonstration of God's love on earth. I want you to really get that until it resonates in your soul. The church must be the greatest demonstration of God's love on earth. We can't look to the White House for love. You can't look to Hollywood for love. You can't look to some entertainer or some celebrity for, or some athlete for love. If an onlooking world does not see the love of Christ in Christians, then where else can they find it? If they don't find it here amidst us, if our, light, if our light is not so shining in this world that people can see Christ, then where are they going to find true love from above? Beloved, we have heard for years that we must love one another, yet we fail in telling believers how to demonstrate a love that edifies people and glorifies Christ. Verses 13 through 16, the evidence of God's love, the evidence of God's love. Verse 13 says, and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes And now testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. When we yield to the spirit of God who lives within us and allow Christ to govern our lives, we give proof of God's love within us. John spoke experientially because he lived with Christ. He spoke experientially because he heard in person the words of Christ. He saw the miracles of Christ. John handled Christ. He touched Christ and he witnessed the crucifixion of Christ as he died on the cross to procure salvation for lost humanity. These experiences enabled John to speak authoritatively on the subject of love because he witnessed Jesus, who is the supreme example of love. Even though Jesus was reviled and crucified and rejected, he kept his love on display and did not come down to the level of the people. Without the Spirit of God being in control of a believer's life, we will struggle to demonstrate the love of God toward others. Romans 8 9 says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, look, he is none of his. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, that means you're lost. Because the Holy Spirit works the work of regeneration. We're saved by the Spirit of God. Without the Spirit of God and the Word of God in a person's life, he he or she is lost and does not possess the life of God living in the soul. One must first be saved by Christ before he or she can love like Christ. Did you get that? One must first be what? What? Saved by Christ before he or she can love like Christ. Uh, look at verse 14. It says, furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes, our own eyes. John is talking. This beloved aged apostle is speaking from experience. We have seen. I saw him. Don't I, I, I don't. I was saying what somebody else said. I saw him for myself, says John. Yeah. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. John being an eyewitness to the ministry of the Lord Jesus, being eyewitness to his crucifixion, being eyewitness to our Lord's burial and resurrection, testified that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. What is so amazing is that our faith is greater than John's because we have not seen Christ in his earthly body and have not had the personal experience of being with Christ on earth like John. Yet we believe and delight in the tremendous truth that we believe God, even though we haven't experienced God like that, handled God, touched God, done all those things. Our faith is greater because we believe even though we have not seen, but one day we shall see him as he is. First John four fifteen says, all who proclaim that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them. And look, and they live in God. That's the best way to live folk is to live in God, not to live in alcohol, not to live in drugs, not to live in relationships, not to live in entertainment, not to live in the pleasures of this world. The best way to live is to live in God. The evidence that Jesus lives in the believer is that we have trusted him alone as our personal savior and proclaim that Jesus is the son of God. When we live a life in Christ, it gives credibility to our confession. My friend, it is one thing to announce that you have Jesus, but it's quite another thing to live out by faith. What you believe about jesus first John four sixteen says and we have known and believed the Lord that God has for us, God is love, and he who abides in him abides in God. And God in him, because God first took the initiative to love us through the provision of his son, we must respond to God's love by placing our trust in him. First John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. God lavished his love upon us through the provision of Jesus Christ. We should move us to love him in return. When we have Christ living and abiding within us, we have God's love in us. Therefore, we must not be negligent with our Christian testimony. We must not be negligent with our Christian testimony, beloved. We must handle our Christian testimony with care. If we're negligent with it, it'll keep people from seeing Christ in us, the hope of glory. In closing, how do believers demonstrate love toward others? How do, do believers demonstrate love toward others? Number one, Believers demonstrate love toward others when they seek the highest good of those in the family. Seek the highest good of those in the church. When you seek the highest good of those in the workplace. To seek the highest good of those in the world. Seeking the highest good. We're blessed to be a blessing. Helping people you don't know. Given a kind word, doing what you can while you can. First, John four, seven says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever love has been born of God and knows God. Number two, uh, you demonstrate God loves by this. When you sacrificially serve others, when it is not convenient for you. That's 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 how you express God's love. Serving people when it's not convenient to you. Philippians 2, 4 says, let each of you look out not for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Sometimes you may have to give a person a ride. You may have to make a hospital visitation, a visitation in the home, or, or do some kind act of service to people who can't do for themselves. Inconveniencing yourself to bless others, even those you do not know. Number three, we demonstrate God's love when we provide sacrificially for the needs of others as we pro- provide sacrificially for the needs of others. First John three seventeen says, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? It's shameful in the eyes of God for us to be in a position to bless others, but we hard, we hold back and don't give out because of stinginess and self-centeredness and stop saying, I'm going to pray for you and you don't do nothing. Real prayer will move you to do something for others. Amen. I'm praying. You've been praying all year and have one homeless. Haven't haven't sown in one ministry. Haven't haven't given out to anybody. You mean to tell me the only person you can give a birthday gift to is your child or your grandchild. What about somebody else's grandchild? I mean, I mean, taking. I mean, being a blessing, being an encouragement, being a blessing to the person you you see at the cleaners or the mailman or somebody to knock on your door being a blessing. That's what true love is. It's strange when it's done right. Number four, you demonstrate love for others through your integrity in relationships and by treating them the same way in their absence as you do in their presence. Now that's big. You demonstrate love for others through your integrity in relationships. Some folks don't have integrity in a relationship. They're, how you doing? Oh, girl, I'm doing fine. Oh, man, you're my bruh. <laughs> and you go, out, I can't stand that, rascal. <laughs> that is not integrity in relationship. You ought to treat them the same in their absence as in their presence. Psalms 101 verse 5 says, whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Oh, whoever slanders his neighbor secretly? Child, I got to tell you that this is some good news. If it's that good, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't get me in trouble. What you going to do with it? Tell them you don't want to hear it. Then you got to wrestle with all that negative, regular, that negative stuff. Look, whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. Look, it, it gets more convicting, folk. Matthew 12, 36 also says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. You're going to give an account. All of us. Be quick to hear, slow to speak. Watch how you treat your husband. Watch how you treat your wife. Watch how you treat your children. Humble yourself. Pray before you open your mouth. Before dumb comes out. Number five, you demonstrate love when you make it a priority to be trustworthy in your relationship with people such as family, spouse, friends, co-workers, believers and unbelievers. You demonstrate love when you make it a priority to be trustworthy in your relationship with people such as family, spouse, friends, co-workers, believers and unbelievers. I like this passage in Daniel. Daniel 6, 3 through 4. Says, now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Verse 4 At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel, those old jealous rascals, they were just jealous, in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They were looking for something to catch him on, but they couldn't find nothing. The man's life was so clean, they couldn't, they couldn't find nothing. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor
1: negligent. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.